Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You've reached episode 309, entitled Traditional versus Agile. It was published on Thursday the 5th of January 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley and just before we begin a few bits of housekeeping. First, let me wish everybody a happy new year. I hope that 2022 proved great for you. I hope that you managed to do all the things that you wish to do, but that's probably not the case because 2023 no doubt has got some new possibilities, some new adventures to be had, and I wish you and your team and your family the best of success and happiness during 2023. Now that Christmas and Black Friday is behind us, we're back to the usual bits and pieces on WP Builds, certainly for a little while. I'm going to mention our Mastodon install, which is a bit like Twitter. If you fancy stepping away from Twitter, we have a free working Mastodon install. It's at wpbuilds.social. Once more, wpbuilds.social. Go there, sign up, and you can have your own Mastodon account. And I guess in a certain sense, it's going to be a little bit more WordPress specific. We've also got our deals page still up and running. It's like Black Friday, but every single day of the year, loads of deals over there, coupon codes for significant amounts off, things like plugins, themes, blocks, and so on. You can find that at wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. And if you fancy subscribing to keep updated with what we're doing over on WP Builds, we've hopefully got some new and fresh, interesting ideas for 2023. You can subscribe at wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, and we will email you as and when we produce some new content. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place. Invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash WP builds. That's go.me forward slash WP builds. And we really do thank GoDaddy Pro for their continuing support right through 2022 and 2023. It really does help keep the lights on. Okay, as I said at the top of the show, we're on episode number 309. It's one of the very last in our WPBB, or WordPress Business Bootcamp series. We are right at the end of season five, and this is episode five of season five. And in theory today, we're supposed to be talking about traditional So waterfall versus agile, different approaches to software development and how we might run our businesses. But we kind of go off on a bit of a tangent and we end up talking a lot about dependencies and long-term support and all of those kind of things. As always, we're thinking about our mysterious Miss A client and her needs. And it's a really interesting topic. I hope you enjoy it. If you want to leave some comments, please do on the website wpbuilds.com and search for episode number 309. Or you could do it on our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. Anyway, it's a nice episode. Nice to get back in touch with David after a few weeks off. And I hope that you enjoy it. 
Hello and welcome to the penultimate episode in our Business Bootcamp series. Usually I say here, this is where we relearn everything we know about building WordPress sites and running a web design business from start to finish. But if you're joining us now, you probably need to go back a whole year to season one because we're just at the very tail end now. So yeah, it's season five that we're on. And with this one, we are talking about future proofing. So in fact, there's two sides to this. There's kind of our tech-based business and maybe future-proofing our clients' sites. So Nathan and I, as usual, are taking contrasting approaches to get our businesses running and our first client site built. She's a lawyer with no previous site, and I'm assuming at this point we've probably built her site. Yeah, she's sick to the back teeth of us by this point, talking, droning on about <laughs> business and process and future-proofing and all of the seasons. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining in my case, I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm imagining in my case the site's been built and shipped and I've probably you know, acknowledge that I may never hear from her again, which is not what you want to hear. Yeah, well, let's talk about this difference between these approaches we've been, you know, arbitrarily taking, which is traditional and agile. So I would say, and this is why I like it really, is this future proofing is really the driver for the whole agile movement, because it started in, you know, over 20 years ago now in software development, when change just seemed inevitable with the technology you was using. So trying to plan any of these things, guessing what your requirements might be before you've actually built it with no data or feedback on how it's working, given the change in technology has led this movement. And, and, you know, it's literally, it's taken 20 years and billions of pounds that have been lost in traditional projects um, with, you know, and it dominates in big tech governments, all those kind of large corporations like banks and stuff. So, but here in web design, we're still very much with the traditional yeah, I guess some of us are in that it, I would imagine that the traditional waterfall approach where you propose, offer a contract, get the contract signed, build the site, ship the site, then that's that largely until maybe you need something updating or something is broken. Um, that that fits the freelancer model very well just because you're a one-person business and so long as you can keep that pipeline going, uh, you're okay and that that has worked very well and it, i would imagine it's the model that just about every freelancer who's been doing this for a decade or more has probably yeah. used but you've um you've during the course of this series elucidated a way that somebody who is a freelancer can now really embrace this and make it work for them i think so i mean i don't think we're going to move away from the traditional while clients and their bread and butter you know until they stop coming to us asking us how much for a website, you know, this finished product, it's going to be difficult for us to move to an agile approach where we say, well, you know what, this is technology, it's going to change, it's going to be the vehicle for your ongoing uh, marketing, um, you know, we need a long term plan with it. And, and that turn a lot of people off. I think there are ways around it. But I think that's why we staff traditional because it, it doesn't make sense. Maybe it made sense 20 years ago, when we used to write our own CSS and HTML, even before CSS, you know, we owned the thing that we handed over and it wasn't going to break and they had it for as long as it suited their purposes. Now, we're, we're WordPress podcast, which is, you know, an ever-changing um, system, you know, it's agile itself. 
Yeah, we've built in the the idea over the last 10 years. It's almost become like the mantra, you know, sell big ticket items, um, yeah. the, the $10,000 website or whatever you want to call it, and then move on and do the next one. And the pricing around that just really probably wouldn't work well for Agile because there isn't a moment where it's finished. But I do think it's a very persuasive argument, and I think you've laid it out yeah. really well, that, okay, you you're going to spend less with us this year so rather than give me £5,000, whatever it may be, to build the website and then say bye-bye, we're going to have, I don't know, maybe 2000 over the next three or four or five years. Um, and in that way, your profit is going to remain solid, but you're going to have this ongoing relationship. I must say, in many regards, it does seem like a very compelling argument. But I do think you're right. The clients are not not seeing it as anything other than a commodity in most cases. You know, I want a website. It's a thing. It's just mm-hmm. like going into a shop and pulling a pair of shoes off the yeah. shelf. You don't want to be told by the vendor of the shoes that, well, you can have a quarter of the shoe now, and then in six months we'll iterate on the shoe, and you can probably have a complete left shoe in a few months' time, and then finally we'll get towards having a pair of shoes but we're not quite sure when we're going to arrive there. It's just people aren't ready for that, are they? You know, so it's an interesting argument. No, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the part of the agile that you would throw in, or at least the part that I'm interested in, is the fact that you throw in the fact that the unique thing about the web over all the other mediums, which they might be comparing it with when they talk about projects, is that it will give you ongoing live data, which often isn't used now. That's not always going to be the case. There will be some clients, obviously, who just say, I want somebody to build this particular site and the marketing and the looking at the analytics is something they do. But in my case, most of the clients that come haven't really connected the two or don't have anything in place to to see how actually their website is doing and where it could be improved, you know, yeah. and where they're losing people. It, I also think that the the transition over towards agile is is definitely going to be beginning because everybody's exposed yeah. to this all the time. You know, if you think about the last time you logged into a major website, let's take Facebook for ex- for example, mm. you're not expecting the interface from 2012. You're expecting the interface to be modified periodically and little changes here and there, or even major changes to the UI, then they're not something unexpected. It was curious. I was actually in town the other day, and I dis- I discovered what I'm going to call Agile in, in bricks-and-mortar shops. And it was just simply this, that advertising hoardings in shops have now moved from being cardboard-based. So, you know, there's a 30% sale. You've got this cardboard piece of advertising dangling from the ceiling. They've now all moved over to basically tellies attached to the wall. And you just think, well, that's curious. Not only can you show moving images, which is quite nice, especially if you're selling things where that's a benefit, like clothes or something like that, but also... The the promise is that that advert can be constantly updated. Yes, there's A's advert can be the same tomorrow if you wish it to be, or with a click of a button, you can have a completely different shop. The look and the feel of your shop can be completely different today from tomorrow. So, yeah, anyway, curious little observation that now I believe more than ever technology is embedded into our lives. People are going to understand that things, they shouldn't ever really be finished. Yeah, 
Uh, it's taken us a long time uh, for the average person and even for us to kind of understand what this internet is about. You know, I think more people now realize why there is so much free stuff is because data is so powerful, you know, to businesses. But, you know, so I think more and more will realize that they have to think about how they will have some consistent way of measuring their own data about their performance online. So yeah. I think it will shift over time. Yeah, but, yeah. Okay, um, interesting. Okay, so what's today's chat generally about then? Future-proofing, right? Well, future-proofing, yeah. So I, I, it's interesting this, actually. I think when we look at, there's not much in the way of statistics about what clients look for from their web developers. I think clients don't know what they're asking for when they go for them because the biggest complaint I've ever heard, not that there's much research, but when I have seen some research on it, the number one complaint is that the the person who built their site is not around when they need them down the line. Interesting, yeah. And, um, and I think that that's fine because that's the deal they bought. They asked somebody to build them the site. They built them the site and then they left, you know. Um, so they have an expectation. And I, and I think that's the agile moves towards about meeting that. But I think we have a decision here sometimes with our businesses where we stand on that. Do we kind of, um, we have dependencies. The tools we use in WordPress is the dependency. We don't get to control how they are updated. Um, do we embrace that? and set our business to that or do we work to reduce it and what i mean is um if you're embracing the dependencies you can take the view which we were talking about this earlier you know a lot of people who influence wordpress are affiliate marketers with youtube channels showing you about the products and certainly one big player in that has a view that technology is such that he would replace his tools every couple of years and that's not unusual in in our circles to hear people say well that's the life expectancy of a website you would need to rebuild anyway every couple of years yeah for my for my waterfall approach i think my that's never a pitch that i'm gonna make i'm never gonna be saying to the client okay we're about to embark on this project we're going to use wordpress wordpress comes with plugins but i'm just warning you that in a couple of years, it's quite likely that the plugins that we're about to use to to make your website function, we probably won't be using those anymore because there'll yeah. be newer ones and better ones. I mean, that may actually be true, but from a sales point of view, you're not selling anything there really, are you? You are <laughs> yeah. just turning the client off and they're going to think, what? The, 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 the wiser approach would be, here's a set of tools that we've used and we are pretty convinced I've got a long shelf life. The business looks completely solid. It's been around for ages. The developers are trusted in the community. They write good code. It's been inspected thousands of times and all of that. Yeah. And two years from now, we might need to just sort of tweak things. Maybe there'll be better options at that point, but I'm sure that this suite that we're putting in now will be just fine going forward. It, it's just not a sensible idea to talk in that way, I don't think. Yeah, and you're right. And, and you know, most of the products do um, last quite well, actually. Um, but it's it's certainly something that I've been thinking about uh, a lot about reducing the dependencies uh, when there are, I mean, WordPress particularly, um, you know, there's been such growth in it and such a move towards page builders and, and so much more ease for people who aren't technically minded to build their own sites that there's a lot of change there. Um, and going this agile approach means that, well, I kind of want 
you know, I want to try and keep it as simple as possible, stick to that, keep it simple uh, philosophy. So we put out and control and can keep making changes to the same basic platform rather than to have this, you know, we're just going to rebuild the whole thing again. So definitely I, I've, I've gone to reducing it where I think you can, you know, sensibly embrace because let's, shall we just talk a little bit about what we might need to think about if we were, let's say Miss A's gone and she's coming back to you as a traditional builder. What, what do you think might damage your business if you say, I, you know, I can't do that? What problems might you have? Yeah, I think the biggest, usually the thing which drives the second or third build of the website isn't yeah. um, technology-based. It's usually uh, style or design-based. They right. usually come back because, well, nothing, nothing's broken. It's just that we've noticed out on the internet our site just looks like it was built long enough ago that it it you know it's it's not it's not welcoming anymore it doesn't look up to date it looks as if we're a company that can't be trusted we're not spending money on key resources like our website that's usually what's driving it it you know that there might be some things in technology but they're they're a little bit less frequent so for example the move to mobile and the need for people to have responsive mm. websites the 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 things the quirky things like the the need to have everything served over HTTPS, so SSL certificates, those kind of things drove conversations. And into the back of that, you could often muscle in a redesign of the website. But typically, mm. two, three, five years, depending on how avant-garde or interesting or quirky their website mm -hmm. was, the the move from the client came from, it looks wrong now. Not we need yeah. more functionality, not we need less functionality, not that we need more server power because our site has gone through the roof. It's usually just looks rubbish. Can we make it look nice again? Did you notice that? Was that the same for you? Yeah, and it's still it's still true. Yeah. Um, and I think, but do you, do you not think it might be, I, that's always been true because that's how people have traditionally looked at their websites. Do you think there is an increase? I have not seen it personally. I just don't have enough clients, to, but I hear of it from other people that uh, clients are getting tuned into things like performance um, more. You know, uh, I think it's something that's out there because we're talking so much more about the net and performance that they're recognizing if their site's a bit slower. I think so. I think so because I, I think that, the in, that everybody's web presence has become such a crucial part of their business. You know, obviously, if you're into e-commerce, that's a no-brainer. You, if your website isn't performant, then you are going to lose sales because it's just slow and people abandon the cart. But I think more so than that, I think people are just now expecting everything online. And so every business needs a presence. And so everybody's kind of curious, much more curious about what it is that their website's doing. So customers want to know about performance because somewhere anecdotally they're yeah. in charge of the website and they've heard that performance is now a key thing i, I don't mm. quite know how this works its way how these news stories and these technology things work out into the into the broader environment because i've had quite a few clients who really they've got no interest in technology their business is utterly nothing to do with technology and quite surprised by how knowledgeable they are they've obviously done a bit of research and they are some sensible questions perhaps they've got friends or perhaps they've spoken to other agencies who've given them some advice but it, it was quite normal for me to see an uptick in the interest but also the knowledge 
that they could bring to bear, not around plugins and themes and what WordPress could do, but, you know, mm. we want it to be SEO friendly. We want it to be put on green hosting. We want it to be performant, all of those kind of mm. things. And I think I think that will get more and more important because we're using the internet more and more people. You imagine the generation of people who are going to be customers in charge of websites and businesses in the next five, six, ten years, whatever it may be, they literally were raised with iPhones in their hands. They, they mm. have no conception of the world without technology. We'll be complete Luddites. Yeah, so I think that in the in the future, there'll be way more interest in this kind of stuff. And whether or not that spawns an interest in the technology stack, the things that are going on in the background, the approach to how the website is built, you know, do, does your company do agile? Are you just going to do us a price for the whole website? I think all of that's going to become much more important just because the customers are just going to be way more savvy. You cast your mind back to your first couple of websites, the ones that you did for money, not the ones that you did for friends. Like how straightforward were those conversations? It was just they basically wanted a website and you told them what to do and they said fine and paid for yes. it. There's no way customers are going to separate you know, money from their wallet these days without real conversations and real um, discussions about what's going to be going on. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I do think, um, I mean, certainly performance is one where I think, you know, because everybody, you know, everybody who's a client knows somebody who's a tech person who will talk to them about the site and, and plenty of them, you know, have heard about performance and start giving you online reports of performance and stuff. I, I mean, you know, for, so let's you're going with the traditional approach for at least for this podcast. Um, so let's say somebody does come back, you built the site for them and they're saying it's really, really slow. And you know that it's because of the, the tools that you've used. Or actually, let's, let's look at another thing. There is something we have to consider here with this. It's almost without a doubt that when we use third parties where we don't control the updates, sites are going to get less performant over time, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so. So you're imagining a scenario where somebody come back comes to me and they they've got a website and I didn't yeah. control it and I wasn't maintaining things. Yeah, I think those conversations can be really uncomfortable because you are essentially telling them what's wrong with everything that they've poured their money into over the last few years. And yeah, the the amount of dependencies, I think we need to get away from your website can do everything because WordPress can do everything because there's a plugin for everything. And in the future, I think we have to have more conversations about, well, you love all this, don't you? Data. Let's look at the data. Let's look at the analytics. How many times was that contact form used? Once in the last year. Okay, so why are we even bothering with a gigantic form plugin that is just bogging your site down and, you know, we've no need for it? Um, is anybody visiting this page, that page? Is anybody buying anything? Do we need to have a shop in here? All of these kind, kinds of conversations. I, I, find, I always found that really hard because it felt to me like I was telling somebody off. Um, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what you felt about that. Yeah, no, I just think it's, you know, even if you build something for it, the, the t well, it, it's not even just going to be what you've used to build it. It's going to be the add-ons, which you might have added analytics, tracking pixels, chat boxes, all of these sort of stuff all can get more bloated and the performance will be left if it's, if you haven't changed out some things or, and I, 
it's a term that I've never heard before, but it seems to be there in the, the performance arena. I was watching on YouTube. There is this um, performance conference, which is on, I think, in Amsterdam, where yeah. lots of people talking about it. Right. And somebody was, I watched one where this, this person, very, very good presentation, talking about performance budgets, you know, what measurements we use to see and how important this is to have these regular checks for companies and how you do this and have it in place. And I just thought, Wow, that's definitely in the agile thing and definitely something we would all fall foul of. So in good faith, we build something with the best tools we have at the moment. We hand it over to the client. Almost inevitably with the tools we use, it's going to get bloated. They're going to have an issue. And uh, <laughs> that's the, that strikes me as a difficult thing when you hand over a website to someone if you've not had that conversation that that's likely to happen because yeah they're always going to see it as your fault yeah there is a bit of that isn't there but also i guess it's about the conversation that you have when you finally hand it over so for example the conversation about let's say dependencies in terms of plugins um yeah. at the beginning when i started using wordpress because i hadn't really thought about it i definitely took on the burden of buying client licenses, having them paid for through my business and so on and so forth. And then towards towards the more recent times, definitely moving away from that. You know, if you want a plugin, we'll do the research together, but you will buy it because yeah. I don't like there's a dependency there, but I don't want that coming back to me if something goes wrong. What I mean is if they they choose not to renew the license that's on them if they choose that they want to have a different piece of software that's on them it doesn't really require me to go out and find solutions to things because i know that the plugin hasn't been updated in a long time and there's a security problem it's kind of on them and that worked that worked really well for me no client ever I'm just trying to think if that's true, ever ever get any pushback. I don't think so. No client ever really said, no, that's weird. You want me to buy things for, for my <laughs> site. You're the developer. They could see the commercial transaction. Okay, you want to add this functionality? You want calendars? You want whatever, booking? You need to buy yeah. a booking plugin. And my level of expertise is not enough to build you a booking plugin. So we'll spend $100 a year. We'll buy one but please know that it belongs to you and it doesn't belong to me. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly one way around it. I mean, do you think, well, I'll take my own example. Why dependencies have become a big thing for me is because I guess I didn't realize they were accumulating over my time. So I started and in a bit of HTML, CSS, could build a basic site without any dependencies. It was just me, my skills. And I slipped into WordPress not because it was some place that could build all these wonderful sites and have all these plugins. It, well, it kind of was, but it was really from the idea that at that time there was no way to get sort of dynamic content. And here was a tool which was fairly unchanging where you largely controlled it, you know, uh, and those people with plugins who had done a lot of the PHP work for you. So it was a simple thing. You didn't realize you were taking on a, a dependency. You've, you still felt back in the early days with WordPress that you were handing over essentially uh, their site, something that was unmovable. So these things have creeped, they've crept up on me over time. The so same this, is, as my this is different, isn't it? Because this is your dependency, not not a dependency of the client. This is this is the sort of well, growing, sorry, you, yes. you carry on, yeah. 
No, no. I mean, it, it's for both of us, really, isn't it? I mean, in some ways, there wasn't necessarily the dependency. It was the requirements of the clients to have, perhaps have stuff cheaper and quicker and to have more control over it. But the dependencies crept up on me because you, you didn't realize because you relied on them more over time, partly for your building, but also to meet their increasing expectations as page builders took off more generally outside of WordPress. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I would imagine that there's an awful lot of people out there who've entered the WordPress space since WordPress page builders have come along mm. who never had a dependency on anything. And that is just the tool that they use. So they see it as the website building tool. Both mm -hmm. you and I were into website building long before that. And so we had had this approach of building things initially in tables. Then we started to write the HTML and probably use some sort of PHP to drag in include files and things like that. And and then the magic of WordPress comes along. And I bet this is true for so many people. <laughs> we just threw away our knowledge um, and yeah. or at least didn't keep it updated, um, didn't look for the new things that were coming around because the tool was easily good enough to do everything that you needed to do. And, and I think that's still true of me. I think I am less um, less adept, shall we say. Let's take CSS. I think my knowledge of CSS is worse now than it was a handful of years ago because of things like page builders. Is that a bad thing? I don't know. Can I, the, the ultimate enterprise for me is, can I put food on the table? And if the, if the page builder allows me to put food on the table without the mm -hmm. weight of learning all the new CSS bits and pieces, that's a, that's a good compromise. I can cope with that. But I don't know if ultimately that's a good thing because of the future. Maybe in the future it will be more important. You are very much at the minute are into flattening and making static websites, and you're mm. going back into all that again. And it's interesting that not only, not only have you discovered what you've lost, but you've also found, I think it's true to say, a newfound enjoyment in not having dependencies, in doing it all yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really odd, uh, particularly with WordPress, in some ways it's like grown into something that I don't recognize and I've got so many dependencies and I'm de-skilled on, on things, particularly as there's so much going on with CSS at the moment due to the fact that the browsers are working together to implement stuff that developers have asked for for a long time. So there is such a change in CSS. And here is me, someone who's been very happily running my business on a page builder who has slipped on all of these skills. So I, I'm, I'm realizing, wow, I don't know if I'm I future proof myself here because I am now so far behind on the, the CSS and I literally depend on these things which have helped me no end, you know. So I'm trying to, you know, move that around and finding new enjoyment. So oddly enough, a new, in, uh, fresh enjoyment of WordPress in a way that I've never had before because I'm getting back into trying to build my own theme and stuff like that. And you realize, wow, it's really such a fun CMS to work with. What would be the like in, in your in your ideal future what what would a website build look like for you and i'm not talking about you know the size of the client the budget or anything like that i'm just meaning what would be the the sort of the the least dependent website that you would wish to build what's what's the ideal stack looking like i know that you've got wordpress in there somewhere but <laughs> yeah. tell us tell us about what this sort of lack of dependency website building actually looks like what's the process now 
Well, it's looking like, well, my stack now, in some ways we talked about, I think we mentioned um, Simply Static. So, you know, the idea is that I'll, I'll move away from offering because clients actually don't know what to do with it. They control over their own websites. It'll be available if they need it, but I'll use WordPress as a static site generator. So it'll just be WordPress, the theme that I'm building myself for it from, you know, I'm, I'm not anybody with PHP skills, but there are so many, so many sort of, there's so much out there in YouTube, people that will show you how to do it. There are wonderful tools we were mentioning before. There's a new one, WP Cody, which is part of WP Code Box, which has uh, AI, which can help you to do this Cody stuff. So yeah, so just basically WordPress, um, something for fields, because in a way as a CMS, WordPress still was never really completed because it never really, dealt with fields custom fields very well so acf or something similar is always needed but that's it really and then the rest is css and for functionality then i'll be looking for other apis out there so really the only one that feels like it's essential is the mm. simply static because <laughs> yeah. at some yeah. point the wp Cody, which we should say is like an ai for writing code yes. you, you can type in it's brilliant. You can type in English, um, you know, you, you type in what you want a function to do and it will spit out the code, which you can then deploy on your WordPress website. But at some point that could go. If it's done its job well enough, you could um, you could be sufficiently clever, if you like, to to do that yourself. WP Codebox, and I guess that might need to stay. I'm not sure. But things like ACF and custom fields... Okay, maybe they're essential as well. So you've got it down to just a handful of things. Um, but the mm. most essential of which feels like your, your custom fields plugin and this Simply Static, which flattens the website, which you can then send off to GitHub or wherever it might be to, to then be deployed onto your platform of choice. Um, yeah. Is Simply Static going to be a dependency which you cannot live without? Well, that is the risk. It's not the only product out there. And there are non-WordPress products which will scrape the HTML and CSS in your site and present it. So it, uh, probably not for what I'm using it. But also the other thing, and I might, <laughs> this may sound really stupid in a year's time. I might be regretting all I'm saying here. But the thing that makes everything feel comfortable to me again is that if it's a, a static site generator, which is on my computer, I don't need to upgrade to the next version of PHP if all the plugins decide they want to be something different or they decide that they close down. If the stack is working now, in theory, it's mine, sits on my computer and will still work forever as far as I can see. Yeah, I'm going to throw another one in that we mentioned last week as well. So we we are kind of getting into last week's ground, but never mind. Um, <laughs> Form Spark or whatever it was called. Was it? <laughs> yeah. was it Form Spark? That's probably one that yes. you'd want to do as well. Yeah, I must admit, in the way that my sites are going to be built, where it's still being driven by, I don't know, Nginx or Apache or something like that, and mm. the site, every time that a page is loaded, it's either from a cache or it's being generated on the fly. My dependency um, scenario is going to be way heavier than yours. I am going to need a form plugin with a license mm. to cover all the sites. I am going to need a custom field solution. I am going to need, oh, just a whole boatload of things. Every site will have a whole lot more. I feel my sites probably will be quicker to create because yeah. that's part of the promise of plugins, isn't it? But yeah. I do feel that when I 
put it up against yours, finally, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I think yours might win in terms of optimization because the ones that you're building at the moment are just breathtakingly fast. Yeah, and and just building. I mean, you know, there's there's no waste at all. You know, just taking on exactly what Google want. In you, you introduced me to the term of coverance, which they look at, which is the unused code which has been outputted onto a page, which Google's looking at. And I mean, Google's going a lot further now. I mean, with the Core Web Vitals, we are now moving on to the second paint. It's the interactivity that you will see that coming into SERP. So I'm sure performance is going to increase as a thing that we're all after. So, so, so the nice thing for you then is that with all of this, you, you don't really need to do a great deal of even plugins that you use so long as they work now you don't yeah. need to worry about like the due diligence of checking out companies quite so much you don't need to uh, you, for example let's say a forms no that's a yeah. bad example okay any plugin in the past we've talked a lot about the the fact that it's a, a wise idea to go look at the company website go to the yeah. about us page figure out whether or not the plugin is being updated regularly whether they've reacted to security updates you know known vulnerabilities in their software and so on and so forth in in many ways you can really forget that if if it works as intended today <laughs> you're happy yeah, effectively. I mean, that's something hmm. I've re- obviously I I wouldn't because I just don't have the PHP skills to write my own theme. But I've been able to do it. And uh, normally, I wouldn't want to put this out on a live site because I I wouldn't know what security risks were in something I put together. But now I don't need to worry because it's only generating static output for me, so it can be junk code as long as it works to do the job I need it to do. So, yeah. So it's quite an exciting new thing for me to realise that. And and as you say, I mean, that due diligence, and in fact, perhaps the philosophy or the story behind the product and why people did it and who's it for was always something which I was so key to find to, to again, future-proof. I wanted to know that I was going to buy into a, a product that I would have a dependency on and that they were thinking along the same lines as me. I didn't want to buy into one that was going to change and keep adding lots of whizzy stuff I didn't want for my clients, you know, against my will. So, you know, but I don't actually, for what I'm doing at the moment, that's not become such an issue. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting that the, how this conversation has changed over the last three years. Yes, you know, yes. we were both talking about really different things three years ago. And you've, mm-hmm. you've definitely been switched on to the whole leaner, um, more in my own control, easier for me to manage, easier for me to understand because I was responsible for building it, less tools, more knowledge, all of those kind of things. That's yeah, really interesting. I think we could, I think in terms of the actual build, it could start to have an impact soon because I think for me, um, CSS Grid is quite significant and the support has only got there and I don't think people are using it. But if we go back to the original uh, influence behind that was so you could people, the original people who started with the sort of good format were saying, why can't we have layouts that look like magazines where, you know, things aren't stuck in rows, you know, things break out and you'll have a little block in the middle, which will you'll look like you've got rows, but there's a section that's going through all of those rows mm. and things like that. And that kind of design, simple design, because I think, you know, the future of the web, we need to have more white space and present 
kind of the information more clearly, but it still needs to be original looking. So I think we'll move to that. And that is now very, very difficult to do if you set yourself with a builder, which is working to um, Flexbox only because it's only a one dimensional thing. You work in rows with it, well, or, or columns. So yeah, yeah I, I think I think the um, so that's really why I like the the idea of shedding some dependencies and getting back to the code. But code is getting easier. The interesting thing about this conversation is that it will be stale in like a year's time because it, <laughs> this is never going to sit still. And so you you know you're talking about grid now. Um, it would have been something different a couple of years ago, and in a couple of years' time, it will be something <laughs> different again. But you've got to settle on something. You've got to settle on some way of building your websites. And, and if this is going to work for you, just out of interest, in, in the conversations that you've had with clients, have you tried to inject any of this philosophy toward them? Have you been talking about, okay, I'm gonna, it's my theme. Mm. I've built it. It's minimal. It's going to be fast. We're going to host it in this flattened, static way. Have you got into any of that? Do clients even care? Uh, well, I've not. I've not talked to a single client about that. In fact, I've just kind of paused a bit of taking on too much work. So not even gone there. It's completely untested. And whether this is viable, uh, again, future-proofing, I'm not so sure. It's just an instinct that I think if you look at things like CSS Grid, it now, assuming you understand how it works, the code, which is the difficult bit, it allows you to do with very minimal code some really clever things that would be really difficult and hacky to do with what was before um, Grid. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think that kind of stuff uh, for my own learning, I think I'm, I'm very pleased that I've started to put some time aside for that. Whether it's foolhardy, I don't know yet. I mean, I'm interested been... from your perspective, I'm interested to see. And again, I'm talking specifically about the flattened website mm. uh, principle, not the... Um not the sort of broader waterfall versus agile principle. I'm mm. interested to see if the clients can cope with <laughs> not being able to edit it because it's on your computer. And because it's on your computer, when you save it in local or whatever it might be, a whole laundry list of things then happen, things are triggered, and it ends up live as, a, as an HTML file on the website. And I'm just wondering how that will sit with clients in an era where you know, Webflow, Wix, Squarespace, WordPress, all of these things are login, edit, click publish, you're done. I wonder if the trade-off for the client, for the speed and the security and all of that, I wonder how, how easy it will be to drag them across that bridge. Yeah, I, you know, interesting. I've been thinking, obviously, before I started this, I started to look at all the clients and what they essentially had and how much updating they really did and how successful. And there are a couple of clients who I just think, they actually needed a live WordPress site and a way of being able to input that and ideally with a page builder, a few of them. The difficulty is with those clients is that they've generally gone too far with that and tended to have wrecked their own sites with the, with what they've got available to them. And then the rest of them are other people who only periodically update. And to be honest, it would be probably a lot cheaper for them to just give me the text they want and any images and for me to put it in because I will put it in correctly with the right tags the right kind of titles the you know uh, in ways that they don't so I, I think they don't do it enough to ever do it well or remember how to sort of do stuff so yeah so largely I've just come to the conclusion there may be some clients that I 
wouldn't be able to continue to work with under the new approach. But actually, when I think about it, they're just people who are eventually trying to remove me anyway to do it themselves with page builders. Yeah, that is interesting. But I guess that's a conversation that you'll have right at the outset. Is this approach mm-hmm. for you? And if it is for them and they can they can accommodate the proclivities of it, let's put it that way, then, yeah. yeah. But you, I imagine you will lose some clients and possibly gain some others. We'll have to see how the word of mouth goes for this. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But I, in some ways, it comes out of the clients because I do see this. I see the ones who really love and they couldn't have managed without the advantages of page builders. Yeah. It, it's it's what they like about it is that they might be able to remove me from the equation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know, I've never had that thought before, David. I've never, never wanted to remove you from any equation. How are we doing with this? Where are we at with this one? Do you think we finished? Have we got to go through long-term support or are we done? We're done. I think we've pretty much covered everything we could talk about there. This was actually the last proper content one on this whole proper long... content. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> last last episode with us speaking. Um, yeah. So what's the what's the next one then? The next one is the final finale, the firework yeah. display of the entire oh. year long series. Yeah, that's quite yeah. something. Um, <laughs> so that'll be in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Uh, well, just sum up what, we're, what we've been doing and what we've been talking about and talk yeah. about what we're going to do next. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay, well, which will be interesting. So, all right. Thanks, David. Take it easy. Okay, thanks. Bye. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Always very nice chatting to David Wormsley about these things. If you have any commentary on our show today, all about, well, it was supposed to be about traditional versus agile, but as you heard, we got a little bit derailed. But if you've got anything that you want to say, you can leave a comment over on the website. That's wpbuilds.com. Search for episode number 300 and nine and leave a comment there. Or our Facebook group, you can join that as well, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. We'd love to hear your thoughts. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to Go dot me forward slash WP builds and sincere thanks go to GoDaddy Pro for their continuing and ongoing support of the WP builds podcast. Okay, we will be back next week as we had a chat with David this week. Next week will be an interview. We'll be chatting to somebody in the WordPress space, starting off a brand new year of interviews. I hope that you can join us for that. If not, join us live every Monday, 2 p.m. UK time for our This Week in WordPress show. We always love the live comments. And don't forget, go to our subscribe page. That's forward slash subscribe and get on our email list. Okay, as I always do at the end of the episode, I'm going to fade in some cheesy, well, this time Latin music and say, stay safe. Bye bye for now. (laughs) 